This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Inside the Tunnel, brought to you by VT Scoop 24-7 Sports. My name is Andrew Alex, joined by the head honcho today, Evan Watkins, with us. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be back. Yes, another part to our interview series. This one I've been looking forward to ever since Evan booked this one for us. James Jeanette, an incoming Virginia Tech player, ranked one of the top 10 junior college players in the country for 2023, according to the genius folks over at 247 Sports. James, how are you today, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for coming on. I like to start a little bit with the background. You know, you're a, a Durham, North Carolina guy. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with the history at this point. Northern North Carolina, where many of Virginia Tech's, you know, recent leaders, best players on the roster have been from, you look to continue in that tradition. Tell us a little bit what it was like growing up there, uh, any connection to Tech, and of course, your first stop, William and Mary. Tell us about what your recruiting process looked like a little bit out of high school. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, from Durham, North Carolina, born and raised, um, lived there pretty much my whole life up until going to college. Um, growing up, I personally never had any sort of type of relationship with Virginia Tech. Um, my dad's from North Carolina. He played college football at Eastern Carolina. Um, my mom's from Connecticut, went to Rutgers, so all her family's up north. Um, so I kind of learned about tech probably more fairly recently compared to like some other players or other fans of the great school. I've always known it's a great school, always, you know, kept in touch with what was going on there football wise. Um, so about just me growing up playing football, I originally started playing receiver and safety throughout my whole career, pretty much since I was little all the way up until high school. Um, I wanted to go to college for receiver initially. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I was the best receiver, but I'm 6'5", so throw me a fade ball. I got you in the end zone. Um, but, yeah, so recruitment was a little slow for me playing receiver as a 6'5 person, um, a little bit bigger for receiver. Uh, some schools would see me as a tight end. But uh, I also played, like, strong safety. So colleges would see that, you know, I'm not afraid to tackle. They would, oh, we can have him play strong safety, outside linebacker, defensive end, um, put some weight on him, bulk him up, and kind of go from there. And, uh, yeah, so William and Mary offered me um, my senior year. And, you know, I initially loved the school. I loved the coaches. Coach Mike London's a great guy. Um, coach Daryl Blackstock was my personal outside linebacker coach. Love him to death. Still keep in contact with him. Coach Brown, defense coordinator. Um, and 
I just really like the coaches there. I like the football. They uh, wanted to rebuild um, William and Mary into what they are now and head honchos of the CAA. But uh, I believe in their plan. I believe that they could get William and Mary to conference championships. And uh, ultimately, I, I decided to go there. So when you got when you got up to William and Mary, they took you through that transition, right? You transitioned to outside linebacker up there um, through your time, and you were got you got there at a weird time, right? Like everybody in the country that was that's your graduating class got there at a weird time, right? So you actually did spring a short spring season and a fall season back to back, right? Your first year there, how? How difficult was that? Like, I guess it was normal for you because you didn't know different, but how how different was that? Uh, it was crazy different. So yeah, I graduated twenty twenty, um, the whole COVID class. But uh, going into it, we weren't sure if we were going to have a fall season or not. So you know, we would still have meetings every day, going over plays. We had like a short like fall camp in a sense, because we weren't sure if we were going to play or not going to play. And then when we found out we weren't going to play, we still kind of had like maintenance practices to uh, keep up with us. And then they announced we're going to have a spring season. So then we had another, like a regular uh, fall camp in the spring in a sense. Um, and then we had a season. We were supposed to play six games. We only ended up playing three because uh, a lot of teams would catch COVID and they'll cancel last minute. Um, and then come back, have summer workouts, and then have another fall camp, and then have a fall season. So really, we had about three camps back to back, a little mini season, and then the fall season. So that was definitely definitely tough, like physically. Um, we had great trainers, great trainer staff, but uh it was definitely hard. I wouldn't know if I'd want to do it again, but coming into school is kind of like prepared you for anything. Cause if I can go through that, then I'm excited to see what, what, what the tech camp's going to look like. You know, so, something that's kind of overlooked with the back-to-back camps and the short season in the spring and the season in the fall is you're a student too, right? And you're not only a student at, at a good school, you're a student at, at, at a, at an elite educational uh, academic school. Um, William and Mary is no joke. So how difficult was that as a student to also mix in school with back-to-back camps and not knowing when you're playing and the stress of that, the stress of the of of, of school, your first time really in college, like how how was that to to adjust to? Yeah, so it was really tough. Um, first semester, every the full campus at William Mary wasn't even open, um, so it was probably about like a quarter of the students were even on campus and all classes were remote. Everything was online, either uh, on Zoom or asynchronous. And that's definitely a challenging way to learn. I'm I'm more of a like classroom, face-to-face, like physical type of learner. So that was definitely like a hurdle to get through, especially like my first year in college having to learn that way. Um, but really, the fall semester helped because once we found out that we weren't having a season, football was a little cut back um, to make sure that everybody kind of adjusted to everything being online. And uh, this, when the second semester came, 
when Mary was finally fully opened. So we had some in-person class and some Zoom classes, so that helped a lot. But really just the coaches emphasizing getting good grades, being gone to class. Um, Coach London's famous saying that he always says is always go to class, show class, treat people with dignity and respect. And he said that from time and time again, every football meeting we had, he would say that. So kind of just they they really wanted to make sure that we would go to class and get our work done. So let's talk first real quick before we get into getting to Virginia Tech and going to JUCO and all of that. Transitioning from safety to linebacker, how was that for you? What was what was the hardest part? What was the easiest part? And and kind of how did that transition go? Yeah, so uh, safety in high school. And uh, initially playing receiver, everybody, you know, likes all the glamour that comes with the position. So coming into college at William & Mary, in the back of the, my, my mind, I was like, well, if outside linebacker doesn't work, I can always go back to playing receiver. So deep down, I was kind of hoping that it wasn't going to work. So I could go back to play receiver, which was like a position I loved and what I thought would be my main position. But uh, the transition really came down to my coach, Coach Blackstock. Um, great guy, played in the NFL. Um, I played the dog position is what we called it, which is just stand up outside backer, drop in the coverage, rush the passer. And he explained it as outside backers are the baddest mofos on the field. You engage linemen, stop the run, you transition to sack the quarterback, drop in a pass, catch interception. It's one of the few positions where you can do that at any time and any point during the game. So I'll say that that factor and just being so versatile made me realize that this is a position that I can succeed at. And this is really a position that I love because you can be a game changer at that position. You can dictate the game and affect the game in just many different ways with that. Now, the decision to leave. Right, because listening to you talk here, it, it seems like you hold everyone on that William and Mary staff, the team, the program in a extremely high regard. You make the choice to go out to Juco all the way across the country in California. What was your thought process there? What ultimately pushed you into that decision? Okay, yeah. So I was at William and Mary for three semesters. I transferred after the second fall semester, fall 21. Um, and the decision behind transferring really was, I loved William & Mary football program, football staff, my teammates, but William & Mary as a school itself, I didn't feel comfortable in. Um, William & Mary didn't really just have, didn't really have big diversity, so to say. Um, so it's just a couple of instances where I just didn't feel comfortable at the school. And, you know, like COVID really made me think because I kind of experienced it like my first semester there. But I was like, because of COVID, um, this isn't really like a normal year. Everybody's kind of stressed out. So maybe things will change. But uh, I just didn't love the school itself. And I felt like if I was going to be at a place for four years, I wanted to make sure I loved the football and I loved the school, not just one of it, because school is so important. And when I came to the realization that 
I didn't really love the school. Um, I talked to my parents, and then they were both really supportive of my decision and decided to transfer out. So you get to JUCO, which is probably a lot different from an academic standpoint and from a culture standpoint. You're across the country. You're, you know, at a California JUCO. All people may not realize different states have different rules with junior colleges and you know, California's no different. They they are different than a Mississippi JUCO or Kansas JUCO and, and things like that. So what was the biggest culture shock for you when you got out to JUCO? I'll say, well, one of the biggest culture shocks is, you know, being in California. Um, I came here in July. It was 115, 120 for like two and a half weeks straight. Um, everybody out here thinks that's normal. So we still have football practice, conditioning. Uh, North Carolina doesn't get that hot, so that was a big struggle for me. But uh, one of the main things that separates California JUCOs is California JUCOs don't offer scholarships. Um, so like Kansas, Mississippi's, they give uh, like the players essentially full rides or almost full rides in order to get there. Um, so I kind of went out here on a limb. Um, the school is great. They produce great athletes. Jason Pierre-Paul went here. Hollywood Brown went here in the more recent years. Uh, but it was definitely a grind. Um, throughout the whole season, uh, I worked I worked at Target, did security. Um, so I'd wake up every morning around 6. I don't have a car out here, so I would ride my bike, bike to work. Then I would bike to class, then bike to practice and then do it all over again just so I can, you know, make, make ends meet out here. But JUCO is definitely a grind. Like when people say JUCO is a grind, it definitely is. Um, I was more than fortunate at Wayman Mary, even though it was FCS school. I kind of took some things for granted that now coming to JUCO, I realize everything that I get is a blessing and just enjoy everything while you're in the moment. So you, you're out there at JUCO, and you start to make a name for yourself a little bit. You start to get some recruit, recruiting going on, some offers and things like that. But you stayed low-key the whole time, right, when you started getting these offers. Because I remember you uh, you texted me and said, Tech just left, and they offered. I'm not going to say anything, but you can report it. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's just a different kind of guy. Is that just kind of your mentality? And, and that it, was that really when it started kicking off for you? Hey, I'm going to go bounce back and be a power five athlete. Yeah. So, you know, this is my second time around being recruited, um, coming from like being recruited out of high school and high school. I uh, like posted all my offers because like ultimately posting your offers, it, it does help with um, schools that look, and they're like, oh, he got offered by this school. Let me take interest in him. But uh, this time around, I kind of wanted to do it different because I wanted to find a school that uh, like really liked me for me. So I wanted them to reach out because they like my film, not necessarily because, oh, he just got offered by Virginia Tech. So let me see what he looks like. But throughout the whole process, if coaches ask me what offers I had, I would always tell them um, I wouldn't hide that from them, but more of I just wanted them to initiate the process just because they like my film. They like how I do things on the field, not just because other schools offered me.
So looking at the offer list, at least according to what we have with 247, App State, Virginia Tech, and Hawaii. Was it ever a competition? I mean, Hawaii would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when, when Tech put their name in that hat, did they become the immediate front runner? Tell us what that experience, you know, on the recruiting trail coming out of JUCO looked like. Uh, yeah, so being out here in California, I get I get a lot of interest in, uh, like, schools out here first. Um, so we're probably 30 minutes from UCLA, about 35 from USC. Fresno's out here, probably like two hours, three hours south of like Cal Berkeley. So uh, all those schools reached out first. Um, UCLA will come to practice, uh, talk to Cal Berkeley's coaches nonstop. But uh, I didn't start getting the more local to my home, North Carolina, until after probably like Christmas. Um, and that was more towards me. I would start reaching out to coaches. and. Uh, Tech has always been when I when I first entered JUCO, um, Tech has always Tech Tech was always my number one school. Um, when I first hit JUCO, I was like, I want to go to Virginia Tech and play football. And most of part of that is one, my brother goes to Virginia Tech right now. Um, my brother's in grad school. He's in the veterinary school um, at Tech, and I was always me and my brother. I have two older brothers. Um, all of us are always close. But uh, I was like, if I could go anywhere, I would love to go to Tech. Uh, great football, great program. Um, and my brother goes there so I could be with my brother at school. And uh, a guy who helped me get recruited in high school, whose name is Coach Clark, I reached out to him and I asked, hey, do you know anybody at Virginia Tech? Um, his phone number. So uh, he gave me Coach Cheetah's, Coach Cheetah's number. And uh, I ended up sending out a text to him. And at first, I didn't hear anything back. But one day, uh, Coach Price just texted me out of nowhere and said, hey, love your film. Can you hop on a call? And then I talked to Coach Price probably like two days later. He ended up driving down to North Carolina, ended up eating lunch with me, meeting my family. After that, probably three days later, Coach Barb drove down, talked to me, met my family. And they ended up offering me that night, but just I felt like at home talking to them. They just showed that they're really interested in me, and I became really interested in them. So after you know they they came down, you uh, committed to them. You took your official. Uh, you hadn't you hadn't announced your commitment yet, but you took your official to Virginia Tech, um, and then you found out you had to take one more JUCO class, right? So you couldn't actually get out when you wanted to get out you had to take another semester at juco um you know how was that for you how did the final semester go and how excited are you now in in about a week you you'll finally be able to enroll so yeah first it was a little crushing to find that out but uh transferring schools i couldn't realize that not all credits transfer and each school is kind of different so to say it's like william mary was a liberal arts school so some classes that they count, Virginia Tech doesn't count. Um, so when I found that out, it was kind of just crushing at first. Because I was like, well, maybe I'm not going to be able to go to Virginia Tech just because of my classes don't align. But uh, 
talked to their academic people at VT and they gave me a list of classes to take. So I got in those classes ASAP. And uh, yeah, classes went well, everything's good. And uh, I report to VT June 11th, I'm more than ready. And uh, I'm just ready, ready to come back to the East Coast and just help VT. Now, we heard right before signing day that a couple schools tried to get involved with you late in the process. Um, who were they? You know, we've heard some rumors. There were some North Carolina schools. I've heard maybe even a TCU and some other schools had reached out to you. Who were the schools that tried to get in on you before you signed with Tech? So, yeah, uh, main one was was TCU. Um, Iowa State really wanted me. Um, and because I kind of kept all my um, information like low key coaches would want to see me but it would kind of overlap on things so like when I was planning on my uh, VT official the Iowa State coach wanted to like fly down to North Carolina and uh, like come see me so that was kind of hard to like tell him no because I haven't like publicly committed to Virginia Tech yet and uh kind of tell these coaches like hey I'm committed could you kind of like respect my commitment even though I haven't like nationally like publicized it um but all the coaches that I've ever talked to are all like supportive of me um they always just said like let them know if anything changes but uh it was yeah it was definitely some some schools that that tried to have me go on visits and everything before I committed to VT so last thing I got for you before we go into the fun stuff here, you know, number one, how do you envision yourself as a player within Virginia Tech's defensive scheme? Where do you think your your strengths will contribute to your success in that regard? And, he, and just going into year one for you with the Hokies, you know, what are your uh, your personal goals? You know, what do you have kind of circled as those first, you know, mountaintops to climb, things to knock out experiences that you're looking for? Yeah, so I envision myself being a being a contributor to the defense. Um, I feel like I bring a skill set that not many players, not many DNs or edges have. Um, just from my receiver safety background, I ran track all throughout, all all the way up to college. Um, I I can run. Um, I can move quicker than some people in my position so I think that brings a different level of athleticism to the football field coach Price is a great coach so I already know that he's gonna elevate my game and take me to just a total different level that I don't even know where where that is yet but I just imagine myself being a big contributor and a goal of mine you know at least a sack every other game I get a sack every other game, then that that that'll be huge for me. Well, the fans, uh, I'm sure, would be very happy to uh, you know see you achieve that goal personally. You know, it's uh, we're really looking forward to seeing you coming off the edge this year. Uh, now to the fun stuff. I always start with this one, and I think particularly given uh, your immediate background, I want to hear your opinion. The question usually is, what's the best fast food burger? Now there. The people we talk to, you know, normally, as you'll see with Virginia Tech's roster, not a whole lot of people within driving distance of an In-N-Out burger. Uncultured. You've <laughs> They're uncultured. You, I assume, 
are surrounded by them. You've experienced it. Is In-N-Out the best fast food burger? And if it's not, what is? In-N-Out. I, I personally have mixed feelings towards In-N-Out. Uh, In-N-Out's burger. In-N-Out does have a really good burger. But In-N-Out fries, their fries are terrible. I agree. Um, it's like they're not even trying. <laughs> their, their fries are probably one of the worst fries I've had fast food. But no, In-N-Out burger is definitely, definitely good. Um, some teammates like put me onto it, like right when I landed in California. Uh, my go-to order is double double animal fries, but uh, I definitely like In-N-Out burgers. Love Five Guy burgers, but those, those are probably my top two. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Dinner with three people, dead or alive, anyone in the world, who are you inviting? I'll go with The Rock, Michael Jackson. And let's go Muhammad Ali. All right. Good choices. Good choices. Anyone, any musician, band, artist, what have you, will perform a concert in your backyard for your birthday party. Who's it going to be? The GOAT, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Favorite movie of all time? I'm a big Transformers guy. Love the whole series. Okay. Okay. They're making a new one, right? Mm, Definitely got to see it. Awesome. Awesome. Favorite city you've ever visited? Philly. Definitely Philly. If you could visit any fictional time or place, what would you pick? I'm a big sweets guy. So I'm going to go with Willy Wonka. Chocolate factory. <laughs> I like it. Might make like you it. do a D tackle if you go to the Willy Wonka. Yeah. All right. Last one I got for you. Uh, you know, your message, you're enrolling, matter of days. What do you got to say to the fans before you head out? Uh, just got to say, root for tech, go tech this season. Um, expect big things from me. I looking forward to the first enter the Sandman the stadium jumping i've never been to a tech home game so the first home game i'm gonna be at i'm gonna be strapped in pads so just make extra noise and and just support us this season we're we're gonna do great things we love to hear it we love to hear it james thanks so much for joining us man no problem thank you for having me james Danette headed to tech one of the top juco prospects in the country looks to be an immediate impact guy for the Hokies this fall. I'm Andrew Alex, though. He's Evan Watkins. Thanks for listening to Inside the Tunnel VT Scoop 24-7 Sports. As always, get that VIP subscription. We'll be bringing plenty more content. We're almost out of that dead period. There's almost stuff to talk about, isn't there, Evan? We can really ramp it up, put and take to work. Yeah. Yeah, you got about 48 hours. Well, about probably 24 hours before this, until this drops. Uh, from until... Uh, OV start. Official visit season is underway. Here we go. Buckle up. Buckle up. We'll talk to you soon, folks. As always, go Hokies. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! 
Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.